0: been faithful to from the get-go and still is how many 20 22 years you preceded me you're really old man well I'm glad you're here this morning I really am I wondered when we got the news reports about the weather you know and all that stuff I wondered if anybody was going to come and I said well surely they will we could be in Green Bay getting ready for a football game at 50 below this is a piece of cake right So I'm glad you're here. I want to invite you this morning to take your Bible. I want you to turn with me to to an old, familiar song, Psalm 23. Okay, And I uh, I thought, well, this is a a good one for us to start the year together. Let me tell you how this sermon kind of came to be. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you've been a Christian for a while and read the Bible for a while... You know, you just kind of read scripture and it's the same thing a lot. But then all of a sudden, every once in a while, uh, new thoughts will just kind of leap off the page at you. It almost grab you and slap you. And I was um, getting ready for a funeral in December. I wasn't preaching it. A lady in our church had passed away and I wanted to go and represent our church. And so uh, I got there as I usually do early. I'm kind of like Perry Pruitt. I figure if you're 30 minutes early, you're 10 minutes late. And so I got there early. And when you get to uh, a funeral or memorial, they hand you this little card. It has little information on it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, they had the 23rd Psalm on it. And so since I think I was there the first person, that, in fact, I think I beat the body, um, I, I just began to read it and read it and read it, and all of a sudden, I read Psalm 23 in a different perspective. For some reason, in that funeral home, I read it for the perhaps the first time from David's perspective. In other words, what David got by being blessed to be in the family of God. And while that may be somewhat of a selfish look, I thought how cool that David realized that there's some benefits be about being placed in the family of God. And that's what I want us to kind of talk a little bit about this morning. Okay? Now, I want to give you a little bit of introduction. You, you probably know all about the psalm, but let me just kind of give you a, a few thoughts of introduction before I read the psalm to you. Okay? It would be nice to think, of David as a as a young shepherd a young shepherd boy perhaps leaning back on a rock on a starry night looking up into the stars and it'd be such a serenity there and a, such a, a a calm evening that 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 words would just begin to flow from him however that's probably not the picture that we find in Psalm 23 most theologians think that that David is an older man now, like some of you, don't want to mention any names, but A.J., you know what I'm talking about? And he's probably dealing with some problems in his life, some, some conflict in his life. And, and, and many feel like that's where these words come from. He's living life. He's having challenges in his life, like we all do. Some even suggest that this song was written after David's terrible affair with with Bathsheba, after Uriah the Hittite was murdered, and perhaps even during the rebellion of his son Absalom. And so I I think it helps us to, if we're going to set the stage perhaps, it's good to think of David in some kind of difficult thing a challenging time in his life. One said, this psalm, I think it was Warren Wiersbe, said this psalm is for a mature Christian who have fought battles in their life and have carried burdens in their life. The song shifts our burdens from ourselves to someone who's better able to carry our burdens and then gives us some of the benefits as that one carries our burdens for us. A lot of pronouns. You, when we read it, pick out the pronouns. Filled with pronouns. Takes us from green pastures to the valleys of seemingly death into the presence of our enemies. And then finally rests us in the palace of the king. We use this psalm a lot at funerals. I Don't know that I I probably, out of all the funerals I've done, probably 80% of those funerals, somewhere in the course of the the memorial service, Psalm 23 is used. But as I studied it fresh, looking through the eyes of David, I realized something. While it certainly speaks to us at the time of death, this psalm really has a lot to do with life. Look at the little phrase with me in verse 6. We'll read the psalm in a minute. But look at verse 6 for a moment. David says, Surely goodness and loving kindness, which is his covenant love to us, will do what? Follow me all the days of my life. And so, beloved, I think as we explore the psalm today, we ought to look at it not as a funeral dirge or a closeout of a wonderful life perhaps in a memorial service, But why don't we look at this from David's perspective of life? His loving kindness, his goodness is following after you. I'm going to share what that word follow after means in a moment. He's pursuing you now in this life. Not just at the end of your life, but right now in the middle of your life, in the circumstances you find yourself in, even if those circumstances... Are somewhat challenging or even if you're having some problems or even if you're faced with making some tough decisions and you're not sure exactly how to make them he's there and he's following after he's shepherding you let's stand in honor of God's Word and let's and as I read again fasten yourself on the pronouns okay The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and covenant love, loving kindness, will follow me all of the days of my life. And then, after goodness and loving kindness follows me all my life, It's then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, help us to unpack a beautiful, beautiful song that as we begin a new year together, may we begin with encouragement knowing that when you are our God, everything that happens is according to a purpose and a plan. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, be seated and keep your Bible open. If we're going to grasp this psalm from David's perspective, then I think it helps for us to begin by understanding David's changed nature. Notice he begins, "The Lord is my shepherd." That's the real. Like the word "Lord" it's in your Bible it should be all caps, right? L O R D, all caps. That's the relationship name for God. It's the name Jehovah. God introduced himself as Jehovah in Exodus chapter 3 for the first time when he revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. He said, I am that I am. We call him Jehovah God. Jehovah combines three tenses of the Hebrew verb to be. When you break it down, here's kind of what you get. You have God in the future. God in the present, God in the past. Jehovah is, I will be, I am, I was. We would say God is, God was, and God always will be. The name identifies him as timeless, all sufficient in every situation and in every hour of your need. And I hope you can grasp that truth. In fact, that first phrase is a participle phrase. Notice, the Lord is my shepherd. Literally, the Lord is shepherding me. It changes the flavor, doesn't it? Not just that he is my shepherd, but he's in the midst of shepherding me right now in my life. Now, you apply that to your your circumstances different than mine. You know, I know that. You have family situations you got to deal with. You have financial situations you deal with. I got Don, I got to deal with, you know. We all have different situations. Some of you are businessmen. You have all the pressures of business. Some of you are homemakers and you have all the pressures of homemaking. Some of you are trying to balance home and a career and you're trying to juggle your kids and your grandkids. Some of you are having to. Keep your grandkid more grandparents keeping grandkids today than ever before. And somehow you're having to juggle all of that and you're trying to figure out, this isn't how I fully intended it to be, but this is the way it is. How am I going to do it? Well, I want to tell you, if you're a believer in Christ, the Lord is shepherding you every moment of every day. Now notice also here, David says, my shepherd the Lord is what the Lord is my shepherd not a shepherd he is a shepherd not the shepherd he is the shepherd But David for whatever's going on in his life certainly I think older and maybe in some turmoil pressures he's mine so whatever David's going through he knows that God is with him and when your nature is changed Through grace, your perspective changes as well. Okay? Now let me tell you what I got. Uh, When I was sitting there waiting for the service, I began to look at what David said about himself. And there's four statements here that I want to point out to you. Okay. So you're just gonna have to flow with me. Verse one is the word I shall not want. You see that? That's the first statement. I shall not want. That could be translated, I shall not lack. Could be translated. I shall not fail. I like the word fail because we all have our insecurities. My one of my insecurities is a fear of failure. All of my life, I've had a fear of failure, and uh, and so when I broke down this Psalm, I shall not want. When I realized the word want could be lack, I liked it. But when it said, "The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not fail." Beloved, that spoke to your pastor's heart, okay? Whatever it works for you, go ahead and use it. Whatever David's going through, he realizes that everything he's lacking, God has. Everything he's needing, God has. Everything he's wanting, God has, see? And when you're in the midst of a battle, that's good to know. He knows there's rest when he's weary, there's green pastures. When you're in the midst of pressure, don't you sometimes just want to sleep? Huh? You just want to get away? You know? There's rest when you're weary, there's green pastures. There's refreshment when you're weak, there's quiet waters. When you spent three or four days with your grandkids. Quiet waters sound real good to me, okay? there's refreshment there's restoration listen to me there's restoration when you wander the soul always wanders. I skipped church last Sunday I called it vacation but the fact of the matter is gang I didn't go to church and so that means it's two weeks since I've been to church and it's amazing even for a preacher who gets paid to go to church I felt a little bit of wandering in my spirit, a little bit. I can see why if you miss church three times, your whole life's ruined, you know. Because we have a tendency to wander. We like to wander. But when we wander, if you're a Christian, you feel the conviction. You feel a little bit of that loss. And he says, when I'm wandering, there's soul restoration. There's the restoration of the soul. You see, he knows he belongs to God. And he knows that, that, that God is there. And all of these paths that he leads me through, if you look at verse 3, are paths of righteousness, not because of me, but because of him. That it's really his name that's at stake. He leads me. He's shepherding me. And I don't lack anything. I will not even fail because how he leads me is all based upon his righteousness to me. So David says, I shall not want. Number two, look down in verse four. Even though I, what? I walk through the valley, it may be a valley of gloom. You may even feel like you're about to die. You may think that life is fleeing from you. But David wants you to know that even while you may think it's fleeing, shadows can't hurt you. So what do you do? You do what he did. You walk. You don't wallow. You walk through. You plod along. Life is plodding. Life is taking one foot and placing it ahead of the other foot. And then taking the other foot and placing it ahead of the other foot. And lo and behold, you've got a month behind you. Lo and behold, you've got six months behind you. And widows, lo and behold, you have years behind you. And as you're plodding along step by step, you know that nothing comes into your life that does not first pass through the net of Jehovah God. And whatever he allows through that net, you know that it is based upon his righteousness for your righteousness. See, his design is to make you like himself. And while you'll never get there fully in this life, if you're a believer in him, his intention is to make you righteous. So he does whatever he must do. It must go through the net of Jehovah God so that in his righteousness... You'll become righteous. So what do we do in 2014, church? We keep walking. We don't wallow. We keep moving forward. And when things hit us, as perhaps it will, as things hit you, as perhaps it will, what do you do? You plod. You plod. You walk through. And you don't stop. I don't think you stop in eternity either, because he snatches you up there and he's got something up there. So we'll be walking. Hey, we may be dancing. Up there. See? Number three, look at verse four again. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, notice he says, and here's this personal pronoun again, I fear no evil. Now, what does that word evil mean? Well, it could be evil, it could be evil bad stuff we live in a bad world i was talking to one of our policemen yesterday and that we were up here at, one, uh, at upward and 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 gang I, you ought to take a saturday and come up to upward let me let me tell you I, 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 it's it's a hard thing it's a labor-intensive thing do you know that we have over a hundred kindergarten kids playing upward basketball do you know we have 10 kindergarten teams praise god i'm glad i'm not involved in that you know that's amazing, isn't it? But I was talking to one of our policemen, and I said, Well, what, what's it like? You know, is it busy? He said, Man, you can't believe how many break ins are taking place in Little Rock. He said, It's incredible. And I said, Well, do they get caught? He said, No, most of them. No. He said, The big ones, the banks, and all, they get caught. But these are in the heights. Uh, Mark Hillcrest, I think, he was talking about. It's Brian Gassaway. And he was just saying, Man, it's just incredible, you know? And, 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 and that's, we live in an evil world. But here David said, and David lived in an evil world. He says, I fear no evil. It could be distress. I'm not going to let myself get distressed. I'm not going to stress out. Yeah, right. But <laughs> he said that, not me. Or adversity. Now listen, I think David is older. I agree with those guys. I think he is going through a bad time. And it's possible that he's going through a bad time because of his own choices, because of his own bad decisions. But isn't it amazing if that be true when this thing was written? We even have help here when we sin because we're part of God's family. We have his presence even when we've made sinful decisions, we have his protection. We have his provision. That's that's what this psalm is about. We have his rod and staff. It's here. We have a table. It's here. We even have oil to heal. It's here. Look at verse 4 and 5. What happens? My cup overflows. His cup is overflowing while he's enduring perhaps a really bad decision that he made. Now, I don't know if that means anything to you, but it sure helps me realize that when I'm not on the hilltop, but when I'm down in the valley, when I have sinned, the presence of God is still there, and he's still watching out over me. He's still providing and protecting. Yeah, I'll have to use the rod a little bit to correct me, but he's still there. Let me tell you what I wrote down, what spoke to my heart. Here's what I wrote down. Tom... When you sin, you're supposed to feel ashamed. When you sin, you're supposed to feel guilty. When you blow it, you're supposed to feel like you're blown. But you belong to God, Tom, based on God's choice of you. And God doesn't spit you out or throw you away because your salvation is not based upon a person or a person's act or a person's decision salvation is based upon God and his decision oh dear people listen this is important we are the people of God according to grace and grace is not ours to make grace is just ours to receive and God doesn't throw us away when we sin in fact many times He demonstrates himself to us in a much stronger way because he knows that we feel junky and bad. We should feel guilty and separated. And it's in those times, sometimes he comes closer to us so that we can heal quicker. That's why I think verse 1, that participle, he is shepherding you. It's active. It's present. And it never ceases based upon what we do or fail to do if it did then it wouldn't be by grace it would be a works relationship and that's not the gospel is it the gospel's not based upon works you don't go to heaven because you work good you don't go to hell because you work bad you go to heaven because god's grace redeems you from the pit of sin for by grace are you saved you see And so when you're saved by grace, you become him, his ownership in your life. And he begins shepherding you, present tense, in every situation that you find yourself in. And then there's one last time he uses the I will. And that's at the very end in verse 6. He says, and I will Dwell, do you see that? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The words mean I will settle down and be at home. I will come home. That's why it's, this is used at funerals. Well, it should. I was talking to Gary Kettle. His mama, 90 something years old, is just about ready to go to, to be with um, her Savior. And I was talking to Gary and I said, Gary, she's about home, isn't she? You remember the song that we used to sing? Second service won't know anything about this song, but it was a song we used to sing a lot at memorial services. Some call it heaven, I call it home. Some call it heaven, I call it home. You've never heard it like that, have you? What a great song. Because heaven is for the believer, right? Heaven is home. has a good ring to it. Now, listen to me, and I'll wrap it up. Despite all of David's sins and all of David's failures, which are recorded for us to read, how would you like your life to be recorded and read, huh? In spite of all of David's sins and failures, David has come to one conclusion. God's goodness and God's loving kindness has followed him all the days of his life. And I want you to circle the word follows. Follow me. See that word follow? Because I don't like that translation. Every translation has follow. But in the Hebrew, it's really a stronger word than follow. It's a a strong word. It, it, It means to chase after or to run after. That uh, changes the, the flexion, reflection, doesn't it? Surely, goodness and loving kindness will chase me, will pursue me all of the days of my life. If you're a child of God, let me tell you, God's pursuing you. You're not pursuing God. He goes after the heart. He injects himself. I wrote down here, our God is a pursuing God. Our God is an interfering God. He interferes in my life. He won't leave me alone. Sometimes I want to be left alone. I want to wallow. I want to be enjoying my sin for that season. We all do. That's our nature, right? But if I'm a believer in Christ, if I've been saved by grace, God doesn't allow that. He interferes in my He interjects himself. God barges into our lives according to the kind intentions of his will, which is according to his grace. And so as we begin a new year, I don't want you to forget this message. I don't want you to forget this song. It could very well be that you're going to have to go back to it from time to time. Maybe God will remind you of the preciousness, even the selfishness of the benefits you get about being part of the family of God. You see, if you're a believer in Christ, you're not your own. The Bible says you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. And remember this, God always does what is best. Not always what is easiest for his kids. You understand that, don't you? I, I started to go to Deuteronomy. I, I didn't know if I'd have time. I could have had time to go to Deuteronomy. As God was leading them out. One of the, there's a precious passage in Deuteronomy. I wish I remembered the chapter. Um, because it says there, this is Tom talking, that I led you out... Not because, and I led the way I led you, not because it was easiest, but it was the best. They weren't prepared. They, they went out, it's a funny thing, they went out marching in martial array. They had never fought a battle in their life. But they were kind of strutting their stuff coming out of Egypt. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And God could have let them go and get to the, uh, to, 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 to the sea quickly. But God knew all they do, all they were doing was strutting. He knew that they could not, they'd never fought a battle in their life. He knew they'd get run like chickens. And so it says there that God led them out, not because it was the easiest way. God led them out because it was the best way. And in your life, what God does, if you believe in him, if. If you're a grace child, God does what's best in your life. And sometimes that's not what's always the easiest thing in your life. But what he does, it's going to be based upon his righteousness for your righteousness. So sometimes it has to be a little hard. Sometimes it's got to be a little bit challenging. And I think in 2014, let's recognize that. let me tell you what church we, we have a we have a wonderful opportunity you have a wonderful opportunity in front of you you have the opportunity to say to God, God this is a new year the past is history tomorrow is a mystery but today I can plod and I commit each day to plod along to walk along with you not because of my glory, but because of your glory, based upon your righteousness, so that you'll make me righteous. And you'll get glory from it. And yes, according to David in the psalm, there'll be some benefits that come our way. That's not selfish. That's a blessing that come to the children of God who walk with God according to grace and righteousness. Well, that's all I got. Y'all listened fast today. Let's bow our heads, okay? Barbara, why don't you come, and we're going to take a moment of reflection. I don't know.